This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Tuesday, July 26th. And we have a first today on the podcast, folks. A first in the, I think this is three years, two, three years, I forget what, we've been doing this a while, eventually I'll have Rob G figure out how many episodes we've done, definitely gotta be over 600 at 700 at this point, I know a lot of podcasts flame out quickly, but we will 100% hit 1,000, outside shot of 1,500, at any rate, for the first time ever on this podcast, I went in with a firm opinion with our guest, and the question of course was, the Celtics are pondering giving up Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. And instantly it's an obvious no for me. Like, why would I do that? Jalen Brown is entering his prime. He just had his best season. He was just the Celtics best player in the finals. Like he is ascending. Why would I give up a young chip like that? Who I think is the perfect number two on a, on a championship team. Maybe even a one B if you want to go there. Why would I give that up for Kevin Durant, who's about to turn 34, had a major injury, has had health issues the last couple of years? Why would I do that? And our guest started to break down a little bit of the Jalen Brown situation. And I flipped. And I think the Celtics, seriously, now it depends what the package is, of course. That's not fully out there. Although there is a report that the Celtics are going to be asked to give up Jalen Brown and Robert Williams, which to me is insane. Like, no way I'm doing that. Two starters, two like frontline players who are very, very good. Robert Williams is a major factor if you want to see the Celtics' defensive stats and why they rose to the top. Like, Robert Williams was massive. But on if it's just Brown and a couple picks and, like, Derek White, which doesn't seem realistic but could be, um, I kind of flipped. So you'll like the interview with uh, our guest. He is from NBC Sports Boston, Chris Forsberg. Really smart, intelligent guy. Um, I, I, you'll like. He's funny as well. But I do need to quickly, before we get to our guest, talk about one story in sports that blew me away. Absolutely floored me when I heard it. I laughed. I hit up one of my Arizona Cardinals people, and I was like, what is this about? And I'll give you the answer in a sec. So Kyler Marie's contract, uh, you know, they agreed last week. It was big news. I happened to be on the herd with Cowherd when that broke. So we talked about it, you know, a lot on Thursday and Friday. But, of course, on Monday, some details trickle out about Kyler Murray's contract and a specific clause in the deal. Now, I don't know if this is a first time one of these things, but I I don't ever recall this being part of a deal. Kyler Murray's new contract has what is essentially called a homework clause. Kyler Murray, one who has said on record, and, and we will have this shortly, Kyler Murray has gone on record with the New York Times saying, I think I was just blessed with the cognitive skills to go out there and see the play before it happens. He said this back in December. I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit there and kill myself watching film. I don't sit there for 24 hours and break down this team and that team and watch every game because in my head I see so much. Oh my gosh, the ego and the arrogance is really, 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 really off-putting there. And this is somebody who's defended Kyler Murray a lot. At any rate, Kyler Murray went out and said that in December, which is a bad, bad look. I don't know how we omitted that, or maybe we did talk about it, I'd just forgotten. But because of, I guess, that and what I'm, some other stuff that is probably going to come out, in Kyler Murray's deal, he has to engage in at least four hours of independent study during each week of the season, from the Monday after training camp ends through the last game on the schedule, including the playoffs. 
Why would they include that? And also, why would they leak that to the media? Okay? Now, usually the first person to leak is the agent. They get to do the victory lap. Kyler Murray, highest paid player outside of Aaron Rodgers, uh, $46.1 million average yearly contract, 130 guaranteed. Awesome, 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 right? They get the victory lap. So now the team says, well, just for the people who are like, why the hell did you pay him? Just so you guys know, we're going to leak it out there that he has an independent study clause, okay? And <coughs> I'm going to be real with you guys. The first thing I thought of when I heard Kyler Murray has a homework assignment is, I guess that means he wasn't doing the homework. I just want to point out, everybody who listening who's a dad knows how devices work. My kids have iPads. We know how much time they spend on their iPads. We can set time limits. If they need extra time, we can add, like, you know, uh, I have to make trades with my kids. Yeah, I'll give you an extra 15 minutes of screen time if you do this. That kind of deal. Okay? So, I can tell you unequivocally, the Cardinals know exactly how much time Kyler Murray spent on his team-issued iPad. Okay? If they're giving you an iPad, sending it home saying, hey, here's the plays, here's the opponent plays, here's what the defense, blah, 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 blah. And I am almost certain that the Arizona Cardinals looked at it and said, hey, here's how much time Kyler Murray spent on his iPad all season. And I bet it was my guess, honestly. I'm not given that quote and Kyler Murray's arrogance. My guess, less than an hour all season on his team-issued iPad. And if you're like, Jason, that's crazy. Listen, they're making him do four hours a week. A week. Now, again, you, you tell me I got to do four, four hours a week of homework and you're giving me $130 million, where do I sign up? Four hours is nothing. Think about this, guys. All you guys who gamble on the NFL spend way more than four hours a week breaking down lines, opponents, injuries, um, EPA, uh, football outsiders, DVOA. You spend way more time than that. Trust me. And you're just gambling on the games or doing fantasy football. That's nothing. Four hours is nothing. Four hours divided by seven days is literally what, like 40 minutes a day? Come on, guys. That's that's seriously nothing. So why is it that Kyler Murray, a quarterback, is being mandated to do four hours a week? Because he really thinks his poop doesn't stink. Now, if you look at his history, I mean, we're talking about a guy who, in high school, went 42-0 and in the state of Texas, where they play the best, eh, fine, best or second best high school football in the country. Kyler Murray, 42-0. and he won three state championships. He was the first player to be named Mr. Football in the state of Texas twice. He was a legendary high school player. When you're dominating at that level because of your quickness and your arm, and I guess your you know your uh, ability to go to the line and dive, break down whatever the defense is doing, are you going to put in the time or are you just like, yo, I'm the stuff? I, I can dominate. I can wreck anyone. And oh, by the way, I'm a decent baseball player. How decent, you ask? Well, there was this guy named Bo Jackson who was amazing, arguably one of the greatest athletes of the 20th century. Is that hyperbole? I don't think so. I mean, the guy was a football star, won the Heisman Trophy, and went to baseball and did some major damage in baseball. Well, Bo Jackson was drafted in the second round of the MLB draft. Kyler Murray is the only player in the history of sports to be drafted in the first round in the NFL and the Major League Baseball draft. Nobody else has done that. That's a special athlete, folks. Yeah, I get it. He's quick twitch and he's so fast that people can't catch him. I get all that. 
That's a ridiculous athlete. It's almost like he's underrated as an athlete when you think about Bo Jackson. Bo was the number one overall pick in football. Also, just as Kyler Murray was in football. Kyler Murray, again, in high school, was quite the legend. Play, first, uh, The only player ever to play in the Under Armour All-American baseball game and football game. Like, nobody's done this stuff. Kyler's doing it. So, of course, he doesn't think he needs to put in the work. He goes to Texas A&M. He doesn't win the starting job. If you guys remember, um, Sumlin was there. He loses the starting job to Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen is now in the NFL somewhere. Third string guy. And after like a couple games, you know, they're they're working Kyler Murray in a little bit. Um, and instantly, you know, he gets the job and does well. And then it didn't go great after that. So he transfers. But anywhere he goes, the guy's pretty friggin' dominant. Now, again, as a college freshman, against, you know, you know, 20, 21, 22-year-olds. He didn't eviscerate the opposition, but he transferred, sat out, and what happened in Oklahoma? Oh, yeah, he did, did kind of good and, and thrived there. And then he gets the number one pick and struggled instantly in the NFL, obviously. But three years later, he got this team to the playoffs. I, I was just tell the guy is a special athlete that's undeniable. But the arrogance and ego on Kyler Murray is really potentially going to be the end of this guy. And I feel bad for him because... You guys know on Monday's podcast, I talked to you about how I thought like, oh, I'm a weekend warrior, dad athlete. Like I can just, I can hang. I can play tennis twice in a year, just show up at the tournament. I think I can win it. Like obviously you can't. By the way, the guy I lost to lost in the finals. He lost in the tiebreaker. He listened. He's good. He's not that much better than me. I, I And I asked him like, how often do you play? And he's like twice a week. I played twice in the last eight months. Like I had no chance to beat him. I mean, like... The arrogance that I had is stupid and embarrassing. And for me to come home and tell my kids I lost, and here I am telling them, you got to put in the work. You want to be good at basketball, soccer, tennis, school, math, whatever? You got to put in the work. And, and you know, I do put in the work in other stuff, obviously my job, but I want to be great as a dad at everything. Like, I want to win the local soccer championship with the, with the league, uh, that, not the league, but like the tournament I was in. And we lost in the semifinals. I want to win the basketball league. Now we're, we're going to win that bad boy. We will. Our team is loaded. Uh, and I've talked about them a lot. But I, I want to win a tennis tournament. I want to be a good goal. I want everything. I'm greedy. But I also realize, like, geez, Jason, you have to balance your time a little better. You know? And also, I want our soccer team in Mexico to dominate. And we have a huge game coming up on Wednesday that could vault us into the top four if we get a win. It's early in the season, I know. But, like... I want everything. And why shouldn't you want everything? Honestly, you should want everything. You should want to dominate at everything. You should not want to be content with anything. And Kyler Murray, my my big concern here is, besides the DeAndre Hopkins suspension for the first six games, is Kyler Murray didn't do the homework and got $130 million guaranteed. Is that going to be an incentive to do the work? Or now that you have the guaranteed money, it's coming. Are you not really going to put in the work? And I, I, I don't know how I feel about Kyler Murray. I, I've defended him on this podcast for a while. I sort of kind of, a little bit, feel like how I defended the hell out of Ben Simmons for many, many years. I knew some people in his circle out here in L.A. They swore up and down to me, man, he puts in the work. This guy's good. He's a good guy, blah, blah, blah. And um, I, I, I haven't seen it. I mean, I was scrolling through my phone. I'm putting together this collage Um and I happen to save the picture where Ben Simmons is going for the layup and passes out of it. And it's like that picture is going to go on his NBA tombstone 
if Ben Simmons doesn't turn it around pretty soon and get back in. I, I know you, you know the injury to the back and all that, but like that was the last play he made. That's all anybody thinks. When you think of Ben Simmons, that's what you think of now. Asking for the trade, showing up months later to a practice with a phone in your pocket and the screen lit, meaning you were just on it, and then passing off a layup in Game 7. And Ben Simmons was the number one pick, the rookie of the year, awesome talent, All-NBA multiple times. He's been All-NBA more times than Donovan Mitchell. So I don't know that he's put in the work. And listen, I hope Kyler Murray gets the memo, but it's pretty clear he was not doing the homework. The team saw the issued iPads from the team and said, geez, he's not doing any of this. Okay, you now have to do it for, you know, he's probably embarrassed by this, that this got out. But again, does he give a rip if he's getting 130? Million dollars guaranteed. All right, I've gone on long enough. I, I love this Kyler Murray talk, topic. Can't wait for more, more Lamar Jackson. But first, let's get to our guest, Chris Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy in Boston who knows the Celtics really well. I think he knows all the NBA pretty well. Chris Forsberg, how you doing, man? I appreciate the nice words. I I feel like I have a good grasp on the Celtics. You yeah, asked me about your decent. Pistons, and I, I got nothing beyond <laughs> no. Kelly Olynyk. So. Shucks, it's just the shirt. Uh, damn it, I got that. <laughs> I just went to get a drink with my dog. Uh, not an alcoholic beverage, and somebody's like, oh, you Pistons fan? I was like, it's just a shirt. So I got to realize <laughs> it's just a shirt. But uh, NBC Sports Boston, you had the privilege of having Brad Stevens recently uh, an interview, and the timing couldn't have been better with this Kevin mm-hmm. Durant news. So we wanted to bring you on and – Kind of pick your brain as to what the hell's going on with the Celtics. Why would a team that went to the finals and was up 2-1 and I think leading in the fourth quarter with like four minutes left of game four, which would have iced the series pretty much, why would they trade Jalen Brown and whatever else for Kevin Durant? Are you buying this, Chris? I'm not buying it. So, I mean, and look, and maybe Brad lied to me. And NBA GMs do not have to tell me what they're planning, what they're doing, but I trust Brad when he says that if the Celtics go into the season with the roster, and just like you said, this is a team that was four minutes away from being up 3-1 in the NBA Finals. And one of the things I heard consistently out of Summer League is if they had had this roster with Malcolm Brogdon and Mm. Danilo Gallinari, then they're probably NBA champions. So I think they feel pretty comfortable going in. Now, whenever a player of Kevin Durant's magnitude comes on the market, you got to do your due diligence. You'd be it'd be malpractice to be an NBA team that can trade for Kevin Durant and not explore it. But I think the Celtics understand they got a pretty good thing going. And so, hey, maybe maybe we'll replay this and freezing cold takes and like mm-hmm. I, you can expose me. I don't know my anything, but um, I think the Celtics would be leery. One of the things Brad has said a lot, including in that interview, was that there's uh like there's the, there's this this tenuousness about teams and finding the right mix. And I think the Celtics last year really kind of tapped into who they want to be. And I don't know if you necessarily want to change everything and shorten your title window as alluring as it might be to go get a Kevin Durant. I'll give this about Brad Stevens. Um, Some people outside Boston thought he was a little overrated as a coach in the NBA. Didn't, you know, didn't win a championship, but in the front office, he's pushed, 
pretty much all the right buttons. I don't know if he's batting a thousand, but it's close to it, right? The Derek White move was good. Uh, you mentioned Gallo. I think Brogdon, obviously, good move. And Al Horford is one of, is his guy, right? He yeah. So if he's kicking the tires on this, doesn't that mean maybe we should? Hey, hey, Brad Stevens has done a good job in the front office. Maybe we should listen a little more or no? The X factor here is. What does Brad know about Jalen Brown that we don't know? Mm. So Jalen's got two years left on his deal. If Brad at all feels that there's a chance that, you know, Jalen isn't long for Boston, if Jalen has other desires with his career, then I think you have to at least explore opportunities like this, especially with the fact that Durant's under contract for four years. But short of that, I don't necessarily know. I think, again, these opportunities don't come along. Now, Brad's predecessor, Danny Ainge, when – James Harden came on the market a couple of years ago. He huddled his staff and he said, all right, let's talk about this. Does it make sense for us to give up Jalen Brown, whose name again, invariably floats in these rumors to go get James Harden. And they did their research and they talked to people in Houston. They talked to people everywhere. And they were just like, you know, we're just not sure this is the right fit mm. for where we want to take this team. And then of course they went in a completely different direction. Anyway, Brad's not the coach anymore. And he here. And, you know, so things went sideways anyway, but the bigger point here is like, you have to have these conversations. And the other thing I keep telling people is this NBA world, I, maybe we have this, this notion of like fantasy trades where there's an offer and I like look at it and I say, accept or decline and send it back to you. But in real life, there's just these, there's like a flowing conversation and you're yeah. like, you know, you're always sort of spitballing about what you have and what you need. And of course, like both sides want to talk to each other. Kevin Durant doesn't come on the market every day. You don't have a chance to get a Jalen Brown if you're that. So, like, I feel like there's just this, this free-flowing conversation that goes on. And then maybe, maybe if if you're Sean Marks and you need to kickstart the Miami Heat or Phoenix Suns a little bit, it's not the worst thing if it gets out there that uh, that maybe Jalen Brown was on the table from the Celtics. And, oh, you don't want to put a bam out of value in this trade? Well, now we have this chance to go get this this young superstar from the Celtics. So uh, I always try to, to line up the motivations, and I'm struggling to see – Boston's motivation for having that news out there versus how it can benefit the Brooklyn yeah. Nets. I would I would agree. I think the Nets have more benefit. Hey, this is the baseline for what you want. Give me an all-star or don't call me. You know, Phoenix, you don't have an all-star. Don't call right. me. Um, but I want to go back to what you said. I, Jalen Brown has two years left on his deal. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to be seeking a max deal? Because that, that totally oh, sure. changes. I didn't realize that, Chris, that he has two years left. I'm like, holy cow, if he wants a max deal, is Jalen Brown a max guy? Now he was, yeah. I think. Would you agree he was the best player on the Celtics in the finals? Oh, one hundred percent. And okay. that, and that you know, look t- oh. again. If Tatum plays anywhere near his capabilities, the right. Celtics are probably NBA champions. But uh, for the totality of the playoffs, Tatum was was really good. But for the pl- the finals, absolutely, Jalen Brown was your best player. And you know, it's, um, I, I do think it gave Ch- Jalen a chance to to show how far he's come. Every year, he's made a little bit of progress with his development. And I thought a lot of that was on there. Now, some of the warts are still there, like ball handling has to get better. Like there's still another level for him to go up if he wants to be a definitive top 25, top 20 guy in the NBA. But uh, I think that's part of the hesitation. Like he's 26 and for, for as good as Durant is, he'll be 34 before the start of the yeah. season. You know, do you shorten your window? Now back to the contract side of things. So mm. Jalen signed a four-year extension in 2019 and sort of took less money to guarantee it. Now, he didn't start a whole lot of games for the year before that. I think there was some security in getting $107, $109 million, whatever the yeah. money was at that point. But he also could probably cost himself $4, 6000000 million based on if he had just wrote it out and gotten to the table. And then on this next deal, you got to feel like, you know, if you are a top 25 NBA player, you are a max player. Now, I think 
if I had to guess, the Celtics will be willing to extend that offer. They're already over the cap. They're already spending deep into the tax this year. You're going to pay if you think he's your clear cut 1A, 1B, whatever, you know, number two, however you want to phrase it. I just, you know, I just need to know what Jalen's motivation is. It's like, does Jalen want to be a number one in this league? Feel like a clear cut, not having to play alongside of Tatum. And then, but until I hear him come out and say that, yeah, I'm just going to assume he loves it in Boston and, and all indications from people on the periphery. And like, I, I'm not going to tell you, like I'm deep inside his circle, but just like from people that from the outside, there's this notion that he does enjoy being here in Boston, that he likes the way they built this up with Jason Tatum and the way they kind of yin and yang off each other. So uh, until I hear Jalen come out and be like, you know what? in two years i i want to be the focal point of a team i want to be in an even bigger market i want to be in la you know I, until i hear that i just don't think there's smoke to the idea that the celtics need to move right now <laughs> dang this is this is you totally changed my view on this course because uh, again they know brown better than us now he is big into the activism and and, mm-hmm. and that's great i i applaud that you know he does a lot of non-nba stuff which is great that's fine but if you're the celtics and you say, damn, this guy's going to want a max deal in two years, and we could get Kevin Durant, who's got four years locked in. I almost wonder if you have to consider it now. I mean, you, you have to consider it. But again, if, if, you're, if you've had conversations with Jalen and said, look, we're building this thing out, you guys are, you and Jason are the pillars, you know, when that opportunity comes, like the Celtics can offer him an extension starting in October, but they can only offer him 120% of his current salary, like the final year salary. So it's, it's still not going to be max money. So Jalen will not accept it. And actually that's going to just stoke everything around us. Cause he's going to be like, Oh, Jalen turned down this, this, this contract offer, but there's no reason for him to move. Now he already right. sacrificed money on that first deal. He's going to wait to the summer of 2023 and sort of a, 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 or summer of uh, 2024 and examine his options. And then some of the TV money could play into that could be like a one and one, like they could get weird, but I do think in general, the Celtics are prepared to say like, look, you know, I know you only got two years left on your deal, but we envision you here for the next eight years, seven years, whatever the number is. You and Jason are going to be here and ride this thing out for as long as possible. And if you have that security, I don't think you're as much of in a rush to examine the Durant situation. But certainly the fact that Durant now the the the, the flip side to Durant having four years is is Kevin Durant at 36 in two years going to be Kevin Durant, what we see now. And like, we know the decline comes quicker than we expect, except if you're LeBron, who is just some cyborg yeah. and all that. But you know, yeah, like it's a risk. I just think the Celtics are really set up really well right now. And I worry that you sort of shorten that window. Like what if Durant or Tatum gets hurt in the next year or two? You know, like are you sacrificing six, seven years of being a championship contender? Like there's no guarantees in the NBA. I just yeah. wonder if that's what they got to balance. That's interesting because you're right. Like you could say in, in two years is Durant at 36 going to look good? Well, I could I could counter what if they win the championship next year? <laughs> yeah. you know, who cares? But um, I, I do want to add one other thing. So we've mentioned the Jalen Brown component, but interestingly, there was nothing else as to what Boston is offering or what Brooklyn's asking for. Like, I mean, are they asking for Robert Williams? Uh, no, do they no. want? So that's a deal breaker to me. I, yeah, so I would I agree. Know. I would say no way. Yeah. So, I, I mean, my whole shtick out here in Boston is like, I'm president of the Time Lord fan club. I've been on that bandwagon since day one. You could see the potential even when he first got here. Uh, and so for me, it's like, if you're already putting Jalen Brown, which is a better player than any other team is right now offering, at least what we know, yeah. then you shouldn't have to overload on draft picks or complimentary players. There is a little bit of like the, 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 the report, like I think the Athletics said today, it was uh, Jalen, Derek White, and a pick. You know, look, Brad's wow. trading picks left and right. You know, he's That's fine it? with that. I mean, it, that's so, not a lot. When you think about that, uh, 
uh, Rudy Gobert just got like what amounted to five first yeah. round draft picks. You don't you don't really blanch it when I hear like one draft pick, and and I agree, but I think that's just sort of again that's to me that's a, that was a conversation about how do we get to the money. So you add Jalen's thirty and Derek White's seventeen, and okay, you're at least in the ballpark. And then like the Celtics are saying, okay, we throw a pick in there or some picks in there. Yeah, which again, is a crappy I, pick because the yeah, Celtics well, are going to be exactly, winning. Exactly, so the late thirty. So even if it starts in 2025, you stagger it every year out. I mean, the Nets wouldn't collect until, you know, 25, 27, 29. You can throw some swaps in there. They already got one swap going to San Antonio in 28. So it, 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 yeah, it gets a little convoluted. I think if I'm the Nets, I, I need the pick. Am I getting the star quality player? Like, are you able to ride it with Jalen Brown and Ben Simmons and whoever else you want to fill out that roster with? Or are you looking for picks and you're going to build this thing organically and kind of hit the reboot mm-hmm. button? And, and maybe even then you're building around Ben Simmons when, and maybe at a, a healthier point. But I think you got to pick one side of the spectrum if you're going to do it. I don't know, based on what their offers they're getting right now and the inactivity, that they're going to get both. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, 
I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Now, you've dealt with NBA trades and speculation for a long time, Chris. Is there any part of you that thinks, man, what if the Nets are asking for the world, knowing that nobody's going to be giving it up? <laughs> and then they go to Kevin Durant and say, sorry, we don't have a deal. We'll, mm-hmm. see, you in ca- we'll see you in camp. And then what is Durant going to do? Because I feel like the owner of the Nets, the billionaire, checkmated Kyrie Irving. Where Kyrie's like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll just go play for the qualifying offer. And everybody was like, yeah, right. It's like, okay, do it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, no, I'll, I'll opt in. And now I just wonder if this guy's doing it to KD because you and I both know like Kevin Durant is very, very internet savvy. He's on social media all the time. Mm -hmm. There's zero chance he's just not playing. There's no no, no shot that's happening. Right. And and look, I've said all along, like every day I see these odds come out, Kevin Durant's next team. And I'm thinking... Brooklyn Nets should be number one because yeah. I, I don't see necessarily the, the the clear-cut pathway. And I've always thought the first domino to fall is probably Kyrie. And so do the Lakers get to a desperate enough point where they give up whatever the Nets want? And then there's, there's like Kevin Durant step back and go, okay, did whatever they get, is that enough to now move forward and be a net and just deal with some of the headaches? Like, okay, as much as he must love Kyrie Irving, like, look, I lived that Kyrie experience for a couple of years, and it's a it's a roller coaster, Oof. and it, it, it's even more wild now with 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 what with, with what Brooklyn went through. So, uh, I just wonder if it all comes down to see whether it's Katie and, and Kyrie or Katie and whoever and Ben Simmons. Uh, but I think I, I, you know until one of these teams gets desperate, and they just don't have a lot of leverage right now, which is why I think. Unfortunately, that's why you called me and said, hey, like, why are we talking about this in late July when it's just weird that a 2.30 a.m. news dump uh, as uh, I'm sure Sean Marks wants to go on vacation. And uh, maybe he's just maybe he's just hoping that uh, the, the folks in Phoenix and Miami and everybody everywhere else, even though now now with Aiton resigning and and I, like I just wonder, like the, the number of teams I can see making this deal is thinning. Um, you know, you mentioned Kyrie Irving, Chris. And that just sent me down a spiral because I've been slamming the guy on here. So I got to ask, what was it like to cover Kyrie Irving? Oh, this was pre-COVID. Uh, was he burning sage in the locker room? Was he, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm being told, Jason, you can't say off the reservation. That's wrong. Fine. Was Kyrie Irving a quasi-crazy person 
in Boston during your time covering the team? Um, I, I would think he was unique. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately for uh, Kyrie, I think when things went bad in 2019, a lot fell on him. And he did sort of try to say this, like, don't worry, uh, you, there'll still be success because I'm here. And we were all like, eh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, and he got, you know, obviously the, the media stuff got contentious. And once the Celtics and everyone knew that he was that he was out of there, and, you know, it, and I think they always held out hope as, as, as and I hate saying the word crazy because, like, you know, mental health and all that. Yeah, but, you know, as 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 as. as Difficult as he could be at times to deal with, the talent was obvious. And there was a 16-game winning streak when he first got here, and they were really fun to watch in 2018 before he got hurt. But once it was clear he was gone, it was like, uh, it was just this dark cloud that hovered over. And you know, yeah, like I, I don't know how uh, how you run stuff and build around a guy when you don't even know what makes him happy. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that's just like that just kind of permeates over everybody else. And and then Kemba came in. And Kemba was just like, I want to build up Jason and Jalen and, and take them to another level. And it was a breath of fresh air. And so I think both sides needed new scenery, but it's just weird. As much as we warn Brooklyn people, like this was probably going to happen. Uh, you now everyone scoffs and says, no, 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 we can, you know, you can always figure it out. And well, here we are. Did, did Tatum and Brown hate Kyrie or was there just like an underlying tension? Uh, what, what, what word or phrase sums up their relationship? Because I know those guys were young pups when Kyrie was there, but you could tell that they were ascending and it seemed like a lot of heads were budding. It, it's funny you say that. Like tension is probably the right word. It was okay. just, you know, Kyrie had this propensity to say, you know, the young guys don't get it and put it on them when they didn't win or they had missteps. I remember one game in Orlando, Tatum took the game winner instead of Kyrie getting the ball. And, you know, Kyrie comes out afterward and was kind of like upset about it. And I mean, Tatum was pretty good that year, but it, it just to Kyrie, that, that ball had to find its way to him. And, and it felt like, you know, it just sort of festered from there. Now, the ironic part was Tatum and, and Kyrie with their Duke connection were super tight. They had the same agent. Like they were, they were, oh. they were, they were very close. They were vacationing together at one point. The problem really? with, yeah. But before the season, I think their agency took them down to uh, like the Bahamas or something. And they all hung out and Kyrie paid for a bunch of stuff like Kyrie off the court. Very good dude. Like does a lot. And like that people don't see. Um, and the Celtics respected that part of it with Jalen. It was like, I think Jalen took offense to it because Jalen didn't have a role with that 2019 oh. team and was like, you know, I can't just stand in the corner and shoot threes. Like, what am I doing? But they, that was also because they had Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris. And like, mm-hmm. they, they, did just, they, did, they needed to define roles, which this team does a lot better. And now the biggest irony now is that uh, I think just last week on Instagram, there's like Kyrie, Jalen Brown hanging out in California with, with Kanye West, who Jalen just signed with as like his what part of his representation. And so uh, they were able to be better friends than teammates. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Chris. Did you just say Jalen Brown was hanging out with Kyrie Irving and Kanye West? Yes. Okay, that, uh, hold on. Ky- Kanye <laughs> West is unquestionably like the most unstable musician out there. And there's a lot of unstable musicians, but he has like obvious issues. Kyrie Irving's history of issues in Brooklyn is well documented. And Jalen Brown is hanging out with them? Yeah, you know, like, look, Jalen oh, just dude. signed with Kanye's Donda, whatever it is, uh, for representation. I don't know if it's his full agency or just, like, well, part of his uh, of the his off-the-court stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know, but again, 
Jalen loves those deep thinkers. And I think mm. like that, I think he, he likes going inside, inside that world. And again, he's been, he's, he's expressed more appreciation for Kyrie in the aftermath and what they went through. And so, uh, yeah, I think they're just, uh, I would love to hear some of those conversations. I, I like hanging out with deep thinkers. Do I want to play basketball with them and try to win championships? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, I, I'm stunned. This is Chris. I think we have a first in the podcast three years. I came in like, no, I'm not dealing Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. And you basically opened up a new side of Jalen Brown. I will say this. Oh, no. I thought I thought I knew a, I knew him a little bit because he worked out at my gym leading up to the draft with a trainer who I know. And mm-hmm. the guy's super, you know, he's a uh, college basketball coach right now. And we're st- we still talk. And he, I guess he's close with Jalen. I got to ask him, like, dude, what, what's going on? J- really? <laughs> Jalen Brown hanging out with Kanye West? Like, why would you want to be in that world, Chris? And I'm not crushing Kanye West. He's obviously successful. He's a billionaire. But look at the guy's history. He's all over the place. It's true. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to deep dive there. What I'll say is that oh. uh, Kanye has got some great marketing ability and yeah. design and fashion. I think Jalen is big in those worlds, his juice brand. And I think Jalen understands he's he's a smart enough kid to, to make the right choices. And, uh, you know, I think he's a. Uh, He's got aspirations well beyond basketball, and like I said, yeah. when I see all when I see people walking around Boston with the juice hoodies and everything like that, he's a uh, he's savvy both on the court and off. Yeah, culturally, he's super relevant. He's done a great job. Yes, he is smart. I'm not bashing Jalen Brown. I know some people will aggregate this and come after me and be like, <laughs> "Why do you hate him? He's smart. Uh, he is smart. No denying that." I, I just oof, uh, the cup. What is what is that? Like you lay down with dogs and you get fleas? Is that what the saying? No, that's harsh, Chris. Uh, anyways, Chris Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston. Hey man, keep up the great work. Um, it sounds like you're going to be pretty busy. Hope you don't have a vacation uh, plan anytime soon. I, I I do have a vacation next week, so if, uh, if if whatever happens with this thing could just ex- expedite it, uh, like make all the rumors get out there, yeah. leak Durant to every team in the league, and just let's get this over with. Yeah, I love it. All right, Chris, thanks a lot, man. <laughs> Jason, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.